Hello and welcome to an all new Marvel cast, explosion of top of all things Marvel. We're going to talk about everything MCO and beyond, from Avengers and Defenders to Mercurial, the 4D Man, and Super Adaptoid. My name is Ashley Hobley. Joining me today, Ultimate Current Marcher. That was, look, I thought you'd like, you know, you really set yourself up for failure then with those names. I thought you would at least pick names that were going to be easy for you to say in like a, in, while you're on a roll with the intro there, bud. Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, also joining <laughs> us, the Astonishing Light. <laughs> is that a cat on your lap or are you just flirting to see me? <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> good joke. Yeah, good joke. Yeah. Alright, so this week we're talking about Captain Marvel. War is a universal language. I know a renegade soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. Space invasion. Big car chase. Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up till I met you today. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. I keep having these memories. I see flashes. I think I had a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. Uh, released 2019, directed by Anna Bodden and Ryan Fleck. Uh, screenplay by Anna Bodden, Ryan Fleck, Geneva Robertson, DeWatt. DeWatt? Sure. Uh, story by Nicole Perman, Meg Lefeuve, uh, Anna Bodden, Ryan Fleck, and Geneva Robertson, DeWatt. Uh, based on Captain Marvel by Stanley Jean Colin, based on Carol Danvers by Roy Thomas and Jean Colin, starring Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Jamon Honsu, Lee Pace, Lashana Lynch, Gemma Chan, Anne Benning, Annette Benning, uh, Clark Gregg, and Jude Law. Amidst a mission, Verse, a Kree warrior gets separated from her team and is stranded on Earth. However, her life takes an unusual turn after she teams up with Fury, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Dylan. What do you think of Captain Marvel? Um, so I know we recorded a spoilercast or whatever when it first came out and was a bit like, oh yeah, it was all right. it was okay, you know, like had had some weird issues. I th- I definitely feel like I enjoyed it more in the second time, obviously because you know what you're getting and what to 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 expect. Um, I I enjoy the movie. I really enjoy Brie Larson in that role. I still think the movie just has a little bit of a weird pacing issue or something about it that's just not that's just a little bit off for the entirety of the movie. It's just something that's not quite uh, working for me there. But but I do enjoy everyone playing the roles they are. Um, I enjoy the comedy that's in it. I enjoy um, the sort of twists and turns with the plot going in directions or the characters going in directions you probably didn't expect them to go. Um, and I, another thing that stood out in this rewatch was me just being like, this CGI for Samuel Jackson probably isn't as appreciated as maybe it should be because it is actually quite good. Like the fact that I'm watching it a couple years after it released and I'm still just like, it is pretty good. Like this is before deep fakes are, you know, this is just old school CGI de aging stuff, I which think obviously Marvel's were a thing two years ago. 
Mm, they were. Marvel they just weren't. Marvel just, definitely weren't using them. Marvel weren't this. using them, and they weren't as fine tuned as anything yet. They yeah. Were. So, like, they definitely did not use it in this. Uh, it's the same technology they CGI technology they used to de-age Michael Douglas, Robert Downey Jr., whatever. But they were just for scenes. I think the fact that they de-aged Samuel Jackson for like forty, you know, like sixty percent of the movie he's in, probably or something like that. I, I, I just think that's like a standout thing about it. Um, but otherwise, I do enjoy it. Just as I said, I just think the script's a little bit off pacing wise and these sorts of things. Um, it does make me go really excited for a, a sequel or something because, uh, yeah, I really enjoy the characters and these sorts of things. And Captain Marvel's a really cool character, so. Yeah. Uh, Kieran, what did you think of Captain Marvel? Um, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I remember. I think I've only ever watched this maybe once or twice. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot more than I remembered enjoying it the first few times. I like, I, I really like like ninety five percent of this movie. I agree, the pacing is very weird, um, and I wish there was a bit more time just spent with Danvers and um, Nick Fury, like just kind of together, because I think they both have really good chemistry, um, and I really enjoy that dynamic compared to how Nick Fury is with pretty much everybody else in the MCU. Um, I, my 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 always my kind of sticking point with this movie is all the stuff to do with Ronan. Because, hey, I, I don't know why it took me till this viewing to click in the timeline, like all the stuff with Kree and with Ronan going and becoming rogue and stuff, that all being... This is prior of, to Guardians. This is yes. prior to... <laughs> not prior to Guardians. I understand prior to Guardians, but like prior to all that stuff happening. And in my brain, I don't know why I just never had clicked about the ramifications for that. Um, but all the Ronan stuff is there for is to point out that Captain Marvel is super strong, way stronger than anybody else in the MCU, and that she's a real threat to Thanos. Like, that's what all that feels like, especially the section, the scene where she goes up and destroys those three ships by themselves, which are all Kree ships, and they're all kind of almost similar to Thanos' ship, and you're like, oh, okay, like, oh, she's really that strong. It feels like, once again... That's too much effort and work being put into setting up her power level on a scale compared to everybody else we've seen throughout the MCU so far. Um, other than that, I don't know why people hate on this movie as much as they did, because I think it's really enjoyable. Um, I will admit, when I first watched WandaVision, like, if you go, if I don't think if I, if I hadn't been doing, um, all new Marvel cast, I don't think I would have realized that, um, the Rambos in WandaVision were related to this until, like, <laughs> the last episode where they directly mentioned Captain Marvel because that shit flew straight over my head. And now watching this, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's... I completely see the way through. Yeah, that little it. girl in this show yeah, is, is the woman uh, yeah, is WandaVision. the main... Yeah, yeah and I, I realised yeah. that now after you guys talked about it, like, episode one of freaking... or episode three of it of WandaVision, I think it was. Yep. Um, But it's just a case of, yeah, it's just an interesting viewpoint now i've got full one division thanks to rewatching this because it, and i think i'm not the only person i think a lot of people have only watched captain marvel a handful of times probably uh, i've only watched it once so yeah so, prior to yeah. this so. um yeah i think it's fantastic yeah once again I, I really like nick fury in this movie i think it's really nice to see this side of him where he hasn't been kind of uh, jaded and hates jaded and everything <laughs> by the rest of the world um and then on top of that i think this movie has a great soundtrack like this movie, like especially when um, "Come As You Are" starts playing, and I was like, "Man, this soundtrack's great!" Like, is that the fight scene? No, it no. is the last. When they go to time... the bar. 
No, no, no. It's when they go in. When she goes in to see the intelligence the last time. When she's like getting oh, okay, tested yeah, and yeah. stuff, and she's bursting out like the. Oh, that's right. And then Death Benning's like dancing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's dancing to it as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, as soon as. And I just moved I'm like, God, and, like, I've listened to a lot of like grunge and 90s music that that kind of does resonate a lot more with me maybe than even though guardians has that kind of that 70s and 80s vibe um but it's- I, I think it has good songs in it i i just don't think they put enough i i would not full guardians but i i, I do feel like the fact that until you're pointing out songs i'm like i remember hearing music and sometimes being like oh yeah that song's cool or whatever but mm-hmm. the fact that yes. i finished the movie and i couldn't tell you a single song in the movie at all means there wasn't even the fight i think me and Ash uh, talked about the this. fight the scene, fight scene. no doubt is no doubt um yeah i i think that yeah, should have been there a is different no song. doubt it's it's the wrong song <laughs> it should have been a different song and it should have been louder and it should have just been straight up like edited like a fucking power puff girls episode or some shit and and i mean like just her going blitz her going crazy with a pumping soundtrack that was just like, you know, like you should just have fucking Joan Jett and play that song like, you know what I mean? Like something to that equivalent. It's the wrong time period. I mean, like of that tempo. I just really feel like that scene's supposed to be like, power's unlocked, Captain Marvel's here, let's fuck shit up. And I do still think that that song doesn't hit the level. That's not after she's unlocked, is it? Oh, no. No, no, that is the big fight. That's when she's still getting used to it. Like she's flying herself backwards. Is I'm Just a Girl by No Doubt. Which, the context of that song, and if you listen to the lyrics of that song, is perfect for the moment. It is, but I just don't think. Like the tempo and the way that song is built, not as great for that moment. Yeah, I think maybe it sounded good on paper, but in execution and when they're editing the scene together, it just doesn't keep the tempo that I think that scene needs to be delivering. Yeah. And know, then they had to keep think- it because they spent all the money on royalties. Like, yeah. 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 I understand why they picked it because of the, if you, you know, the lyrics and everything, but yeah. anyway, yeah. that's the, the song talk. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it overall. I think anything pretty much involving the Cray was kind of boring. Uh, what? Wait, you know? are you are you talking shit about Jude Law? Come on, I thought that stuff was good. Yeah, I didn't think that. No, no like on the Cree so home planet, and then the they Kree go home this, planet. This I incursion was... is like get to the good stuff of Brie Larson and Samuel Johnson. The thing is, Jackson. <laughs> I am. I am. Any moment like that, I am forever comparing to Oa from the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie, and I'm like, you know what? This is much better than that, so that's okay. Um, so I guess my bar. The, <laughs> low bar. the bar is set incredibly low for those kinds yeah, of no, scenes. I, I would agree because uh, on this rewatch, that whole opening. Well, I didn't. I don't mind the opening five minutes or whatever when she's at you know talking to Jude Law and they have that little fight scene, or whatever. But as soon as they get to that other planet and you know, They're and doing then the just that whole like, I'm like, this, this like, whole thing's taking. Let's forever. set up this entire team. Yeah, this I'm guy's like, got just, two guns. Just, Girl's I'm like, I understand one. that this guy goes and walk, works for the bad guy soon. You're like, you know, I'm like, cool, good story. Move on. Do you yeah, know what the problem yeah. is with that scene? It's just way too fucking dark. That too. It's way too fucking dark as just the setting. Like, it is... The planet, like, the infiltration scene or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that infiltration scene where that it's so dark and it's like... It's almost like you're trying to be like, you're trying to make it easier for your special effects team or whatever, or it's just, it's just not, it's not great. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, there's a lot to enjoy. Obviously, again, the the shift of the scrolls I think is was a cool twist. Uh, 
on the source material uh, that, you know, Ben Mendelsohn just knocked out the It's amazing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to assume all Skrulls are Australian because he used his proper Australian accent. What? I love... One of my th- favorite things is that when he's just Talos, he's using his Australian accent, but when he's pretending to be someone else, he changes to like an American accent or yep. something, like he tries to cover it. And I'm like, that is, I don't know if he did that on himself or that was a director's choice. Either way, no, that, that was, was his choice, smart. apparently. Yeah. Okay, so that was, that's, uh, I really, was really Was there a it. meme yeah. about that at some point where it's like the director was like, no, 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 you can just do your British voice. But he's like, no, no, I've been working on this American accent for all this time. I don't want to. Uh, that I'm sounds like this, a story, actually. Like, that sounds yeah. like something I read once. Yeah. 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 It does sound for me. Uh, but yeah, I, Nick, Nick, Nick Fury <laughs> does look amazing. Of course, more noticeable this watch, uh, when he's actually moving around, it's not as impressive. It's like, oh yeah, that's a, that's not a thirty-something-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, he's sitting down, though. I guess. Yeah, he's not. Or they have close-ups on his face. Yeah, there's not many he's, wide shots of him like running. There's only occasionally him getting beaten up and that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah really enjoyable. Uh, so building the MCU, obviously the big one. Brie Larson is Carol Danvers slash verse slash Captain Marvel. Uh, is she ever called Captain Marvel in the film? Mm, I think about it. End, I think so. Right? I think she does, like, towards the end, where they're like, why are you using that? I think she's talking to Nick Fury about it. Yeah, she says and, what the name was. It's like... And then, he like, keeps like, calling oh, it's Marvel, and he keeps calling it Marvel. Yes, mm, yeah, yeah, I think that's the only time it's discussed. But yeah. At least we've got Samuel Jackson singing Mr. Postman. Mm. That was good. Very Quality. good as well. Quality music use there. Uh, yeah, she debuted in Marvel Superheroes number 13, March 1968, created by Roy Thomas and Gene Colan. Uh, Brie Larson, fantastic. Uh, yeah, she gets, like, she's got that, I like her humour in this bit a lot. Uh, I think it's underrated to her snark and sarcasm, too, especially Jude Law and that kind of thing, yeah. No, yeah, she, she is really, really good. And I, I feel like, you know, Obviously, she copped a lot of sack for because she is an outspoken um, person, a, an outspoken badass female character, and um, you know, but there was a from the outset when people were like pointing out on the poster that she she looked too angry, and then people were like, "Yeah, so is Tony Stark on all these posters?" But no one's fucking complaining about those, you know, like all these. these Why isn't she smiling more? Uh, yeah, what? exactly. Yeah, which I love that part of the movie is <laughs> like, yeah. "Hey, smile, darling," or whatever. Fuck that biker dude. <laughs> <laughs> The thing for me is, a lot of the time, is I like her character towards the end when she accepts being Carol Danvers again a lot more, where her character is a lot of the time kind of... Um, She's a fucking cop, bro! <laughs> <laughs> like, mm. she she becomes a lot... Like, she becomes quite a quite more human throughout the movie, and I think that makes her character more likable throughout it. I think at the start, she's a little bit... Well, she um, thinks she's an alien. Yeah, exactly. So like, she thinks she's she doesn't act then. like a human. I think that's kind yes. of done on purpose that as she starts realizing that she is actually human, she starts acting more human. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes it interesting for for the sequel that's coming that we'll actually get a full movie with Carol Danvers instead yeah. of this weird memory loss version. Uh, assuming she's re- she got all those memories back, I think didn't she? Is that the thing? Yeah, she just basically. Knows, yeah. yeah, she just yeah she's she's got this. Uh, then we've got Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, who uh, debuted in Incredible Hulk 418, June 1994, created by Peter David and Gary Frank. Uh, initially in the comics, very much a bad guy. Uh, also doesn't have shape-shifting abilities, so that's a nice, interesting twist. 
is like one of the rare scrolls who doesn't have that ability. So it kind of is kind of funny that he says he has talent. Uh, so he's in the comics, he doesn't have the talent. Uh, but yeah, I, Ben Mendelsohn amazing this. Some of the, his reactions, especially to Nick Fury in the plane, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, stuff that yeah, it's like anything with the Flurgan is great. But also, I just think the scene where he enters um that the cabin house or whatever um Rambo's house yeah uh where he's just like well looks he's like i just want to talk like no dude blah 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 no one get hurt and then whoever's like well what's happening out there with the door and he's like all right fair enough i can uh in the middle of that he pulls out like a, a milkshake <laughs> yeah he pulls out a milkshake just starts slurping on it which is one of the best pictures screenshots you can kind of take from the movie <laughs> i just i i wholly appreciate them picking a british actor for that role because i think the accent just kind of makes it his lines and his delivery and his sense of humor so much better for me personally i guess um it just it just adds that comedic value to him as a character that i, I really enjoy throughout um i was about to say he's being and british but i had to no, he, are you being Australian. serious <laughs> yeah i was about to say ben like, is he, yes i was like do you know something oh, i don't that disappoints me even more He's doing his he natural British. australian accent he's doing his that's natural fucked. australian accent that's yeah. fucked my brain is just uh, <laughs> You're just trying to claim one of ours. Get out I of here. I was. I definitely was trying to claim a brick because he sounded more British. Fuck. Maybe he's like you. He's like, you know. Maybe he has. We'll, we'll, that's a... Yeah. Look, everyone, I have my foils and they are actors and their names and their <laughs> accents, apparently. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, just, I just Googled so, Ben Mendelsohn was born in Melbourne, so there you go. Fuck. What a drongo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And then we get Akira Akbar as... Monica Rambeau debuted in Amazing Spider-Man Annual 16, October 1982, created by Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. Uh, Nice setting of the seeds here for the future. Yeah, she's great. Daughter's great. They're great together. That that is the daughter. That is the daughter. I'm just. I was. That's my bit. That was my moment of confusion. I got one. I was was just like, wait, Maria Rambo or Monica Rambo? I'm talking about Monica Rambo, who then goes on to be in WandaVision. They're all great. It's not the same actress, by the way. She didn't <laughs> like. I know. I know there was a snap, but like that was the movie, and she didn't like suddenly just grow. She did. It's a different. It's a, it's a different actress in mm. in one of She got recast. Uh, yeah, she got recast. It was shockingly, um, it, although it does make me wonder. Again, I know we keep saying we've talked about this uh, at least three different episodes at this point. And it seems you're very adamant that Captain Marvel two will take place uh, out of space, nothing to do on Earth. Blah blah blah. blah. No, well, I think. It's I think be- it. Well, from what we know, I, I think it definitely takes place on Earth. Uh, I definitely think it takes place present day. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Really? So, I, I think it's more Cree based. See, I still think it's yeah, more, that's the interesting thing from the, the end thr- of this movie. Yeah, the end of this movie is her going to go deal with the central no, intelligence. No, but there is uh, Ronan specifically saying they're coming back for her because she's a weapon. But not if she just goes so, back to Korea. Herself. But then, yeah. <laughs> but then Ronan dies. Uh, spoilers for Gu- in Guardians One. Ronan also goes. But Ronan also goes crazy and fanatical, and Kree I mean, is just completely gone and deleted as a. I mean, it could just be as simple race. as her coming back to Earth and retelling the story of what she was doing in space this entire time. It could just I just be a want because obviously you know Monica Rambeau is going to be in it, and we know that the actress who's playing Ms. Marvel in the TV series is going to be in it. Yeah, I I so. just would like even if it's a flashback or like the opening of the movie, I would just like a little bit more 
with this cast mm-hmm. from this movie. I think the they, they, they should be, right? But um, I like the, the thing that I guess I focused on a lot more was um, Maria Rambo's relationship with Nick Fury and how they played off each other towards like the, the later third of this movie because they become the directors of Sword and Shield. And that's that's a really cool dynamic in the end there, that they are the kind of opposites in terms of um, what their agencies do and how they interact with this movie kind of then leads on to their history together in those two different kind of differentiating departments with Sword being a more um, kind of forward thought and kind of into the greater unknown kind of uh, agency where S.H.I.E.L.D. is more about protection and defense. It's... Um, it's an interesting concept going into it and looking at their relationship because of it. I want to know if there's a scene where someone where he's if someone's like, well, "Oh, you called your thing shield? Oh, I called my sword. Like we can't have two similar. Come on, can't you call yourself something else?" He, I mean, it's, shield. he was shield or he exists. So shield or yeah, exists, and sword is made by shield. Yeah. Have they confirmed that in the MCU, though? No. I don't know about the MCU, but I know yeah. the normal kind of canon for Sword is it's the uh, more offensive version. Which, of you know, it. would make sense. Nick Fury files a report. Uh, do you know? But then they make Shield. Uh, sword. By the way, shout out to the end of this movie. I do like how he ties in. They tie. The Avengers initiative is literally because of Carol, so I, I like So does that mean does that mean she's mm, technically the first Avenger? Well, technically, I guess. Does I that mean, make Captain America redundant in terms of like the first movie? Being I mean, he's the, first, the first person to exist on the planet to eventually. But become he's an not the first Avenger, though. No, she, well, she's never actually part of the team, but she's the catalyst for it. So I, I just think it's. I weird. feel like Nick's always thought of I her mean, as part of the team. Technically, she is because her code name was Avenger, so mm. she was I think the first like, Avenger. If you were to yeah, ask so Nick Captain Fury, America's dead to me, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Uh, what's my train of thought? Fuck Steve Rogers. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Can I say the weird thing? Wow. One of the the minor thi- minor thing about haircuts in this movie. I like throughout okay. this movie they <laughs> um, hint at the short haircut for Carol with the helmet that makes her hair into the mohawk, and then they pulled the trigger in Infinity War to actually give her the short hair. I was like, so this was like a test run or something, or. Well, no, because her hair looks like that when she goes into space in the comics, or the one we're going to talk about later in the show as well, so. Yep. But then uh, when she's in space later in this movie, she doesn't need the helmet. Yeah, but... Yeah, but she th- does. Yeah, that's a decision they make in this, I think, where they're like, she, she realises she doesn't actually need oxygen anymore because she's a living weapon, so. <laughs> uh, I will say there are a couple of like, cheesy moments that I don't like. I Specifically, the scene where the little girl Picks the colors for a suit. I don't know. It just did. It's like oh, I like it. I think it's fun. No, I like it. It's like, was hey, some... we need to find a reason to make a suit look different. Let's do it. it, yeah, like it just it. felt forced and weird. Nah, in my opinion. Uh, and w- why do you hate little girls? What's wrong with you? I don't know. Yeah, you can't uh, answer that. Also, <laughs> also, shout out to Goose, who was portrayed by Reggie, Archie, Rizzo, and Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> What, what a cat. What names? Well, that's, that's <laughs> several cats. Several cats, yeah. yeah. Close-up cat, cats. the long-shot cat, and the it's probably a stunt cat. cat in there. Stunt, stunt cat. cat. Definitely a stunt, stunt cat. Doesn't get the credit. Maybe, uh, maybe a CGI cat that had to wear, like, a green mask and everything uh, for, like, all the... The, yeah. the, be, the, man, the be... mouths, yeah, yeah. 
Cats are just difficult to work with, clearly. That's why they need so fucking many of them. They're just like... We can only get make them work for like five minutes a day, so we need like at least four of them. Yeah. It's probably true. So... Um, how did you feel? How did you feel remembering that the Tesseract is in this film? I once again didn't. And then I also sat there going, "Why the fuck is the Tesseract like the most active fucking thing in these movies?" Yes, I get it; it's on the fucking planet. But it's if we powerful. has anybody has anybody made like a timeline of like who has the Tesseract when in like the hundred fucking plus year history it has on Earth, and how the fuck they each got it? Like I'm like. How did fucking Lawson get the Tesseract? Where did she get it? Well, she was doing the Pegasus program as a subcontractor subcontractor of S.H.I.E.L.D. They are like, hey, I see that you've got this fancy cube thing. I think I can use this to make my light speed engine. That makes sense. But yeah, it's like, the fucking thing is in most of these movies. Use another Infinity Stone, you fucks. I think there's like three, was it like three heroes got their powers from the Tesseract, technically, I think. Who else? Right? Well, didn't, um... Well, maybe it was just Infinity Stones in general. Who, who'd Wanda get her powers from? That's from the Mind Wanda, No, no, no. Wanda... Oh, okay. No, no, no. Wanda... Oh, no, it was the Mind Stone, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's just... It's just... There's... A, there's in, in the MCU, a lot of characters just have their powers come from the Infinity Stones, I guess, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh... Love uh, how we finally found out Nick Fury lost his eye. That's a good. That's a good little bit of unnecessary tying in, but I, I do enjoy it. Yeah. I like. I, how they I, fake ge- it I actually out. just love Nick Fury loving cats mm. for a start. Shows the softer side to him, but then they fake out his eye a number of times. And yeah, like they, in the car like, crash, and yeah, it's like, "How's yes. your eye? Oh, it's, it's all right. It's, it's all right." It's and then. It's a yeah. fucking cat scratch, and you're like, what the f-? and it's my favorite. Alien like, cat I scratch, love, though. I love the reaction where he's like, "It's just a cat scratch. It'll be fine." And just the scroll in the back, in the background. Like, no, nope, nope, no, 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 no. I, so I like at the end when Phil Coulson comes in. He's like, "Sir, all these things come for your eye or whatever." He's like, "I heard you got your eye taken out when you were being interrogated, and it got zapped or something like that." And he's like. Fury's like, I will never confirm nor deny those allegations. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> want to say it was a fucking cat that did it. That's yeah, good. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Stanley sighting. The best one. Yeah. Mm. Lee makes a posthumous uh, uh, appearance as himself riding it on a subway train, reading his lines from the screenplay for the film, More Rats. When he sees Carol Danvers, he smiles at her and she smiles back. Can I say, is this, this is the first movie post his death, right? Yes. And so, which is why the opening Marvel card just has Stan. Yes, Stan. In yes, it. that's right. Because her smile is like the most heartwarming and heartbreaking shit in the world. Because you know, it's like the MCU. They might have like, reshot it and made her do a bigger, more emotional smile. Or yeah, something, like they because mm. for me, that's very much like the MCU saying like their kind of goodbye to Stan Lee's in a way, and it's like. It's so it's 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 just there's there's a real special warmth to that moment that I really love and I really enjoy. Even though we have one more, even though we definitely we, have, we have one, one more, and to be perfectly mm. honest, the it's not the, be- good. the 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 better Cam- Stanley cameo after his death was the one in spite of us, but yeah, yes, that's true. Yes, very um, true. Although very this true. is personally my favorite of his cameos because it's more the rats. most <laughs> well, a more it's as well. It's actually Stanley. 
B, it's Stanley just playing Stanley. It's not. I know, like it's well, it's his cat. Is it well, or is it a Stanley impersonator? Yeah, I know. that was going but up for like, the role in case they couldn't but, get. Yeah, but he's um. Him, him reading the script and everything is just like the most normal of all his cameos. I quite enjoy it. Just him read, just him practicing the idea of him being on that fucking tr- train subway or whatever, just practicing his, li- his lines from Mallrats where he just simply plays himself inside Mallrats and tells, uh, tells Brody Lee in that film to, um, to fucking be a, a better person or whatever, you know, like, and all that sort of stuff. Apparently, though, he, he was so weak at the time that he couldn't, um, like they had to dub in like his lines or something like that. Like he couldn't actually he say didn't it. Have so they ripped. Well, he, he's mumbling. Oh, he's mumbling. He's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but apparently that audio is ripped from Mulrats though, or something like that. Oh, okay. So interesting. Yeah. All right, and that's been your Stanley signing for this week. Uh, Dylan, what's the most marvelous moment from Captain Marvel? Um, honestly, it's I. I was trying. To, look, I can try and pick something funny or something not so funny. But one moment that I got a real tickle out of, and I also just think it's a badass moment in, in general, that I, I didn't find as funny or, or good the first time watching it. And maybe that's because by the time I got towards the end of the film, I was just like, uh, I was I was feeling a little bit disappointed. Not hating the movie, but I was definitely like, oh, I wanted this to be better. But of course, on this rewatch, I knew what I was in for, so I was enjoying the whole ride a bit more. And by the time you get to the end, when Jude Law's like, come on, take the gloves off. Let's prove that you can beat me when I want. Bam! And just fucking slams him. <laughs> and as she walks over, she's like, I don't have anything to you. I was like, yeah, that's fucking... Not only is that funny, but it's just such a powerful, um, like, fuck you moment. Just, I, yeah, I, I, that definitely just worked a lot better for me on this rewatch. I just thought it was a, a fantastic scene. Because not only just being from a strong character point of view, but just generally from a, a movie that's point smart. of view with a villain. The villain's like, all right. Put down your weapons. Let's do this properly with honor. And she's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like it's just a smart yeah, move from a hero. Yeah, exactly. It's, well, it's, it's it's the narrative of the fact that those powers are her. And yeah, and she, he, the whole movie, he's like, "I gave them to you. I gave them to you. I gave them to yeah, you." Yeah, and accepting those powers means accepting herself, and that's why using those powers to fight him is actually doing. Like the context of what he's saying, and what he's saying is actually making her not do that. I think yeah, it's a like really fight me without your powers. It's like why, bitch? <laughs> why do I need to? Of course, I've got them. I may as well use them to my best of my yeah. ability. Why handicap yeah. myself, idiot? Best yeah. Jude Law moment in this movie. So, absolutely. Uh, Karen, what's your most marvelous moment? Uh, it is the um, the sit down scene with the the scroll, and kind of where like just that a just the the character interactions with each other. Um, I find is great having the scroll kind of um breakdown is like you realize what's going on a little bit more and and just the um and breaking down the I love it when the MCU breaks out of the mold of what the comic books have set before it and to establish the scroll as actually the kind of quote unquote victims in the Kree War and everything and it is is I like how I really love how that offsets expectations in many ways. Um, and and adds a new kind of variety to what we're watching in the MCU and going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to say the scene where she gets... uh, They're trying to tap into her memories at the start of the film. Uh, Sort of her with Annette Bening. Uh, I was a little kid several times or whatever. Yeah, then flashing all around uh, in her memories and going all over the place. Uh, And then her escaping (laughs) them with the uh, giant, I don't know, cuff things on her arms. 
where she can't actually fight anybody with them. The um, die-hard rip-off, where she's got no shoes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, she gives... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lee, she full-on yells at somebody in the face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, she, yeah, she goes back and gets her boots. That was probably one of the earliest moments that was, like, showed her personality more, where she just, like, turns around the hallway or whatever. It's just like, ah! <laughs> or whatever to the... <laughs> To the to the guy or whatever, yeah, that was great. Absolutely. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Obviously, we barely touched on, but the Kree squad or whatever was it interesting seeing Jumon nope. Hunso come back? Nope. Did, no, no, don't nope. care for it. Sorry, Did- they, they didn't make those characters any more interesting than like Power Rangers that all have a color code of blue and green. Who? That's all he's going to be famous for in this three years, yeah. right? No. Maybe Oscar nominated or whatever. Not an MCU, bro. Get out yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, they're all kind of forgettable. How do we feel about Jude Law, though? Because he's the only other. He, he had a little bit of personality, but again, I don't think. It's, it's is, nice that. Is it he, minor? I think it's nice that he didn't die. I think it's mm. nice that we're going to have potentially a reoccurring villain there for her with the central intelligence and him um to kind of and even though he kind of went out like a bit of a schmuck in the end in terms of like how it all went down between him and carol um i like the rapport the two characters have and the depth of that like the, the depth of this another villain that I, him himself doesn't have depth but like the things that happened around him with like the changing of carol's memories and stuff um and how all that plays out i think it's interesting by itself so um, I don't. I don't think he is amazing, but at the same time, I don't think he's a bad villain. Not by far. Yeah, I will say another marvelous moment. Uh, Carol breaking out the supreme intelligence. You know, the the scene of her constantly getting up. You know, pretty. I, it's kind of cheesy, but you know, it works. It works. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, really good. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about about Captain Marvel? No. Is we, she too powerful? No. She's supposed to be powerful. She's she's the most powerful person in the MCU at the moment. So yeah, I don't think you can argue. Like, it's, uh, I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, well, we'll see how WandaVision finishes. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. That's that could be a thing. Yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. There's not much else. I guess it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, number two, directed by uh, Jordan Peele, Candyman's. Uh, near the costume. <laughs> Imagine if it says what Captain Marvel two directed by Jordan Peele's near the costume. Oh dear, that's a joke. It, it will an horror, 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 all, all your horror fans out there. Um, yeah, that's how we'll introduce it in the explosion Such a great running gag. Uh, but yeah, I'm keen to see what they do next. Uh, whether they fill in the twenty year gap. That that's the craziest thing, actually. That the movie's set in the nineties, and that's twenty something years old. Yep. Fucking hell. All right. The fact that like, shout the out to Blockbuster, me, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Blockbuster. The thing that Radio hurts Shack. me. Is she, she wears a nine-inch nails T-shirt for like a lot of the movie, and there's gonna be a decent fan like portion of the fan base that's just gonna think it's a cool-looking T-shirt. And they don't no, play any cool Nine Inch Nails music. They in don't. The time they movie. don't make. No, that's the other thing. I'm like, wait, well, she's wearing the shirt. She's a fake the- fan. <laughs> yeah, she is a fake fan. Stop gatekeeping, Ash. Fuck. No. Yeah, I can just to let people. Fake gamer girl, I guess. Okay. Uh, comics recommendation for this week. 
I picked uh, Captain Marvel Volume 1, Higher, Further, Faster, More, uh, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, or as she's known in this film, person walking past Captain Marvel uh, yeah, in, the, in the train station. I was going to bring this up because there's there's only, like, obviously comic writers and artists, there's, there's only a small number I would actually recognize in, like, public or anything like that and she's one when i was watching this in the cinema when she walked past i was like oh there's kelly like she's she's of a small handful of people whose so, comic work i like her hair I makes recognize. it quite noticeable yeah i know but at the same time there's a lot of people's comics i've read who i don't i've never bothered to look up what they look like or yep. like seen them whereas i've watched youtube interviews with her and stuff because i find her quite interesting and stuff so yeah anyway shout out to yes. her uh art by david lopez uh, Captain Marvel agrees to go into outer space <laughs> after a alien from a destroyed planet that's been transported to another planet comes to Earth because the planet apparently is poisoned uh, and they need help. Uh, and Captain Marvel agrees to go on like a space mission for a while uh, because she needs to find herself, whatever, you know. I mean, it's a it's a lot in the first issue, but I feel like it all comes together by the end of this the sixth issue. So, uh, yeah, so it's very much a uh, galactic story. It's Phantom uh, Menace political shit. I was all about it. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the event was that happened before this. Uh, I should probably looked that up quickly. Um, that involved the builders or whatever. Uh, who destroyed everything, but yeah. You see, uh, I, I don't know either, but I don't, I don't feel like you need to know because you no. your brain just goes, oh, it's a bad guy and there was a fight and she was there. So, cool story. You know, like, you can just read the rest. It's not, you know. And by the way, every time she said the builders in the comic book, I just kept thinking about the Lego movie where they kept, you know, <laughs> the master builders and stuff. And I was like, it's probably not them, but. Uh, looks like it was Jonathan Hickman's Avengers. It might be Infinity. No. Yeah, just Jonathan Hickman's run on the Avengers back in 2012, so. Uh, yeah, I I liked it. I haven't read much Captain Marvel. I did. Maybe it might have been better to pick the previous runs, but that cover on the issue one is like an iconic cover that, you know, I had to pick it this time. So, uh, Dylan, have you read this before? What do you think? Uh, I have not read it. It's been in my list of stuff that I've wanted to read for quite some time, so I was happy to have a a reason to actually read it and I, I i did enjoy this as i said there was a lot this was a lot of phantom menace political shit that i was all about and uh, a lot of this comic does involve around um you know like sort of political jargon and you know people pe- pe- warring planets and all this sort of stuff which was interesting um not spoiling it but i i did like the way the whole like planet sickness ties up um to a degree and like how that all comes together i was like oh that's a that's an interesting take and this sort of stuff. The Guardians of the Galaxy show up for an issue or two or whatever it is, and that's quite funny, including a scene where um, Rocket accuses uh, Carol's cat of being a flogan for and tries to kill it and all this sort of stuff, and that was <laughs> quite a lot of fun. So, uh, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, th- I think the art's really good. It's, like, really colourful and whatever else, and I think the, um, what do you call it, the, the, the motions on Carol's face at sometimes is like over dramatic, but on purpose, which mm. I, I quite enjoyed. Like adds a lot with the moments where she's, you know, all really comic booky, like mouth open yelling at someone or, or whatever. I, I, I kind of like that in this. Um, and I'm, yeah, I would be, I'd be keen to, to read more of this one. I've, I've, I've added issue seven to my, to my app or whatever. Well, you so. need to because episode seven, they've run into the flurkin. <laughs> they proved oh, that's that true. Chewie yeah, is a flurkin. 
I did mm. see the the headline or whatever that said flirting or something. So yeah, mm. uh, yeah I'm surprised. Chewy, by not, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Shout out to that. The cat's name is Chewy, and that wasn't the first Star Wars reference in this, so that was quite good. <laughs> yeah, so the cat's always been Chewy, but they changed the name because uh, obviously Chewy is a Disney property already. So yeah. People would have been like, oh, they're referencing it. Are they going to cross over? But yes, the other reference is the ship's called Harrison. Good shit. Good shit. Uh, Yeah, I'm surprised you liked it, seeing as there was a massive comic crossover in it. Was there really? It's just a Guardians (laughs) plus one character. They had Rhodey and Iron Man in the first. (laughs) That's a lot of characters, to be honest. A lot of characters. How did you handle it? I guess, I guess because they were like they weren't it wasn't like a massive crossover where there was like a, a big fight scene at the end where there's like a big cross page panel spread of them all fighting together in slow motion it was just the little scenes you know Rhodey's there romance interest by the way I was like whoa what's going on here well, hot and yeah, steamy I didn't know that was and then I, di- I didn't yeah I was like what the hell's going on? that ain't gonna happen to MCU I hardly doubt that but um we'll see what happens there uh and yeah hey, Iron Man Don Cheadle was pretty cool. is a handsome man okay Don Cheadle is great I just think he's much older than we should, Larson, should, right? should we be having age as a... As uh, a she's yeah. like at least 30-something years old. That's young. Ash, you're no, like she's, no, she's old. at least, no, she's she's at least 30 years since we last saw her. And then you have to assume that she's at least 30 years before that. But then she's also at the like same time, 60. you just figure that Captain Marvel doesn't age the same yeah. way. Yeah, as, she doesn't uh, age, but she's old enough. But she's old in years, you have to. Because she's yes. at least 20-something in when oh, she wow. like left the Earth. Um... I I'm I would like to get back to Earth though because I don't know how much this comic run spends I think outside of spends. Earth. I, I think <laughs> I think pretty much all of it. But I was at least in the first issue enjoying the um what's the little girl's name? Uh Tick. Lieutenant Travel. Tick. Oh uh, no. Uh, this version. Kit. Yep, that's the one. I was enjoying the. Yeah, I don't know who the person there. who Kit and the other person is. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, uh, Kieran, what do you think? Um, I didn't get all the way through this one, um, but. That, look, I did, during the first couple of issues, get flashbacks of Futurama being like, if you want to see Carol Danvers race away in a hover Ferrari, press 1. If you wanted to see her double-check her political paperwork, press 2. And I was like, oh, they pressed 2. Okay, we are doing a lot more politics in this comic book, but sure. Um, it, it, it's, it's enjoyable. I always get a little bit... I don't know, it's the same reason why I don't read Guardians that often, is because... Marvel, when it starts going into space, is always a bit sketchy in terms of, like, just how vast it is and just, like, kind of the amount of planets and stuff. And sometimes the planets just don't feel very detailed. Um, But I still had a lot of fun reading what I've done, and I'll definitely be going back to kind of finish off the rest of this run um, to to see exactly where it goes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of All New Marvel Cast. Let us know what you thought of Captain Marvel and the comic Captain Marvel Volume 1. Higher, farther, higher further, faster, more uh, by letting us know on Twitter. You can find us all on Twitter by going to explosionhub.com slash Twitter. On our next episode of MCU Rewatch, we will be discussing Avengers Endgame. So make sure you watch that. Join us next time for another all-new Marvel cast. Marvel cast.